Hey guys, this is Boomadu with the Grind Screamer Things. Thank you for listening in. I wanted to clarify before you get into this uh, audio, this is an adult conversation. So I do you know, reiterate this in the first segment of this podcast. Um, and then the other thing I also want to clarify is that there is a definition or a framework that I describe as far as dating um, that doesn't include or take into consideration that there, there are long-term dating relationships, right? So I just wanted to mention that before you get too, <laughs> too in arms about it. Um, I talk about dating versus lusting, um, but I didn't include or take into consideration that there are some dating relationships that are really actually all about long-term committed partnership, right? So that being said, now when you listen to this next segment, it'll kind of make sense. So if you are in a dating relationship and you're committed sort of to the long-term, okay, I'm not referring to you when I'm talking about uh, dating versus lusting. Okay, that you're in a dating, committed dating relationship and you really want to, you're looking to really build something. Okay, so the framework doesn't necessarily take that, you know, into, into consideration, but it does come into play in segment two. So, um, so it's all good, right? There's room for everybody, but I, I want to make sure that you're able to listen to this with clear ears about where I'm coming from with what I talk about in this podcast series. So thank you guys for listening in. Appreciate you, and I look forward to uh, listening to your feedback or hearing your feedback in its various forms um, after you listen to this. All right, guys, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, Boomadu here with the grind scheme of things. Let's have this conversation. This is about love at first fight, dating, entrepreneurship, and the afterlife. What a combination, right? So I'm going to start out with a premise and a framework that some of you may have heard before, but I wanted to be very blunt and direct and set the tone for the nature of this conversation. This is an adult conversation. So, you know, unless your younger ones can handle the nature and the tone of this conversation, I'd suggest that you put your earphones on or not play it in the car when the kids are driving with you, or if they're mature enough to handle it, you know, it's up to you. Okay. So I just wanted to put that forward. All right. That being said, let's get into this. So framework, you can date with sex and you can have sex without dating. Let me say that again. You can date with sex and you can have sex without dating. Just like you can be married with sex and you can be married without sex. We clear on the same page. Inside of my framework, modern dating as we sort of use the terminology is really, again, based on this framework, what I call and classify as lusting, right? And not like lusting, like, you know, you look and scrolling on Instagram or whatever, you're like, oh, look at her. Oh, look at him. That's one, you know, that's one aspect, but it's not it, right? In our modern era, there is really no dating. I'll get more into that, like in other podcasts, but there isn't any (laughs) real dating happening, right? For the most part in today's society. Again, this is a framework. You don't need to agree with it. You don't need to disagree with it. I'm just giving you the lens 
that this conversation is going to be had from, right? So that you kind of like get where this is coming from, okay? So there is no dating. There's just lusting, okay? And I'll explain later what this all comes down to. All right. And, and the premise, and when I say dating versus lusting, I'm talking about dating the process of courting and getting to know a person before engaging in certain sexual acts, right? And I say certain, you know, again, without being too graphic here, right? <laughs> I'm just all, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. So there's dating again, inside of this framework that like is really getting to know somebody, taking the time to get to know somebody without some expectation that you're going to hit the skins, right? That's the framework. And so in contrast to that example of dating to get to know someone, what I believe is happening inside of, again, this framework in society is that dating is not really dating. It's just an old label that's now over the top of our own intentions to just really get some, okay? And it's justified with, you know, a precursor of a meal or a movie or whatever it is that people do, okay? All right, I get it, hilarious, like I said. This is an adult conversation. You don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree. This is just the framework. All right. So that being said, I want to get into the description of a narrative about entrepreneurs. So if you're an entrepreneur or you're considering dating an entrepreneur, or maybe you are already dating an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are needy human beings. They may not want to show those needs or demonstrate those needs or whatever it is egoically, right? But if they're really honest with themselves, they are needy people. We are needy human beings. Here's what I mean. They need time. They need focus. They need attention. Okay? They need money. They need meals. <laughs> They need alone time. They need your support. They need customers and they need clients. And I could go on and on and on about what entrepreneurs need, right? They have a lot of needs, okay? And so when dating or in dating relationships, these <clears throat> are the considerations. These are the things that have to be taken into consideration, both on the entrepreneurial side, if you're honest with yourself, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, like these are your needs, right? And, and, and without these needs being fulfilled in some way, shape or form, your entrepreneurship badge will be stripped from you. Okay. All right. So that being said, uh, being said, you got to own the neediness. And if you are approaching an entrepreneur, you've got to recognize that there is a neediness there. Okay. So in taking it into consideration, you have to identify how you want to align with those needs being met, right? If you're up to it meet, with meeting those needs, or if you just need to leave this entrepreneur or entre you know, vice versa, however, if you just need to let them be. Okay. All right. So that being said, if you decide you're going to go into a deeper relationship, what you have to consider is, you know, now that you've assessed and taken into consideration all these needs, you got to now be willing to assess 
is creating the creating of an agreement. Okay. All right. So what do those agreements mean? Well, it's up to you, right? Like time, how much time do they need? Um, you know, whether it's a combination of loan time, project time, and I know it can be chaotic, right? For entrepreneurs, but you've got to come up with certain frameworks. Hey, when, when do we really genuinely commit to meals? When do we genuinely commit to dinners? When do we genuinely commit to travel? Like, I mean, whatever those details are that you want to work out, those need to really be committed to and agreed to in order for the, the dynamic to really genuinely work. You can ask anyone. I mean, everyone's got their own rules, but again, inside of this framework, these are the things to consider. Okay. So now let's talk about this love at first fight part. Okay. And then with that, I'm going to close and I'm going to set up the next segment of this conversation now that we now have the framework. All right. All right. Great. I'll see you in the next segment. All right. Love at first fight. Okay. What am I talking about, about love at first fight? So as entrepreneurs, we are attractive, right? Like there's something attractive and sexy and just meaningful about being around an entrepreneur because there's a depth of purpose. There's a depth of passion. There's a depth of intention. Um, there are, uh, there's a depth of, of concentration. Like there is something just attractive about a human being that has decided to put their life on the line for an idea or a goal or a mission. And like, and they live that they operate from that. That is a, an attractive thing, right? Whether we agree with it or not, there's something attractive about that. Okay. So that being said, that attraction allow and with all the things that an entrepreneur has on their mind on any given day between meetings and projects and funding and uh, all kinds of things. When someone appears into the entrepreneur's life, it can be a little tricky because they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable to making bad choices or bad decisions about dating, right? Because given the lonely road that it is to be an entrepreneur and to deliver on the promises that you've made to yourself and to your family and to whoever is counting on you to make this happen, it can feel like, man, I, I just need somebody to lean on. Someone I can talk to, someone I can, you know, on, on, from a practical perspective, count on to like have some a meal for me when I get home because I'm not really taking care of myself in that sense. I don't have time to cook or put my clothes together. Like as practical and as you know mundane as that is, like there are some things that entrepreneurs really just justify and rationalize in their heads that they just don't have time for, right? And so the idea that someone can be in their life and support them and nurture them in ways that they can't nurture themselves or don't have the liberty to nurture themselves, like it's a relief, right? And in that process, they don't necessarily go through this filtering process of making good decisions and identifying whether someone is really like the ideal partner for them or not. And what can happen over time is that they find themselves in, you know, situationships where they feel either stuck or regret that they made the decisions that they made. And now they're, they are, you know, three months in or seven months in or 
someone has, you know, moved in. You, you get what I'm saying? You get the picture, right? Like a lot can happen because entrepreneurs move fast and they need things to just kind of be kept rolling, right? Like, because they got a business to run. And so I theorize that a bad relationship or a good relationship, well, in some cases, if you're not careful, depending on how long you're in a dating relationship as an entrepreneur and with your partner, what can happen is the relationship can set you back anywhere from three to five or seven years. And if you are an entrepreneur that's been in a committed relationship for some duration of time, you know exactly what I'm talking about because there were many nights or days or weekends that you kind of compromised enough over the years, depending on how long you were in that relationship, where you knew or you felt like you should have been working and you didn't do the work, right? Because you didn't want to have a disagreement or a blow up or whatever it was, right? And over those years, the and, and, and even, even beyond those days, just the general flow of day-to-day -day life of being considerate of certain aspects of life together with another human being, all those things combined cumulatively start to displace some of the deliverables, depending on how, what kind of business you're running, right? And, and or what targets you have. And so in time, there's just sort of this um, displacement that leads to a three to five to seven month uh, push out of your finish lines. And when you come out of those relationships, what can happen is you can feel burned, feel burned out, feel disappointed, feel discouraged, because you're the one that made that decision, right? And usually there was a point in time where you could have made a different de decision, but you didn't make it because you felt like, well, you know, I can, I can kind of work through this. And what that point was when there was a, well, you know, I can kind of work through this is what I'm going to share with you now, right? Which is the first fight. And with that, I'm going to close and you've got to listen to this third one because I'm going to describe to you what the scenario is of that first fight that this podcast is titled after, which makes it the Love at First Fight podcast. All right, we're back. So uh, you already heard the framework. You've already heard the scenario and the description of the entrepreneur. Now let's get into this Love at First Fight or Hate at First Fight, right? Depending on how you look at it. So the love at first fight principle is how the first fight goes and what you fight over will actually set the tone for how the relationship goes and how it's going to be over. Now, you may have heard something similar like this. It sounds familiar, right? Like there's something about like you know, I've heard things like, well, you know, the way that it, things kind of start, like there's this extreme opposite of how it's going to end, <laughs> right? Like it's like, it's like starts real, like kind of high hopes and da 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 da. It's going to end up really crashing and burning, right? There's always, there's some, something I've heard like that, but this, this is not quite what I'm talking about, but there's some similarities, okay? So I want you to consider it with your partner, whoever you are with, if they are an entrepreneur, and even if they aren't, this is really interesting because how the first fight goes 
gives you your first experience of who this person is and how they fight and why they fight and what they fight over. And, and not only that, when the fight has ended, how they respond based on that fight tells you probably 100% of really who they are and what they are about and how they roll. Tell me I'm lying. Now, I'm not talking about the narcissistic, twisted, super toxic, super califragilistic folks that are like, that got this whole thing down to a science and will manipulate the living daylights out of you. I mean, that's that's its own thing, right? But it could lend itself to this too. And you might be able to identify with that. However, outside of that extreme case of someone who's like that, you know, manip- you know sort of manipulatively uh, oriented um, in just common folk, regular folk interactions, how we fight and what we fight over and what we deliberate and get contentious about that first episode and how it gets re- how it gets cleaned up and how it gets restored is the bedrock of everything else because what i presume inside of this framework is that what happens is that after that first fight there are some decisions spoken and sometimes unspoken that are made Decisions like, well, okay, I see. I see who I'm dealing with, right? If you felt that the person was like manipulative or not truthful or um, sort of just whatever it was that you just felt about them in that, right? You you can't, it, it's hard to unfeel that unless like there is evidence that your perception was just inaccurate or tainted or wrong or something. Other than that, you're going to keep that perception. Again, this is all a framework. You don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree. It's just a framework to look at something through, okay? And so in many cases for the entrepreneur who sometimes can sort of, you know, be, uh, depending on where they are in the spectrum of their growth and their evolution, sometimes they can be rash and they say, listen, I'm good. Pack your bags. You know, it's going on different ways depending on how involved they are in their relationship. Um and and that's that in some cases there's a little bit of allowance and tolerance for certain things because they feel like you know after all look hey everybody fights not everybody you know is going to see eye to eye on the same page but if you really pay close attention that first fight if you think about you and your partner your current partner that first fight set the tone for the rest of the relationship and what you could expect from that person And it either puts you at ease or it puts you on edge, but you never quite verbalized or vocalized it in the way that you really felt like you could or wanted to. Is that clear? And so love at first fight is the principle at play here. Because if that fight got resolved in a way that you fell more in love with that person, you have a really workable situation. Let me say that again. If you fell in love just a little bit more after that first fight with that person, 
and that includes the from the cleanup time as as far as whether they apologize and what they apologize for and how reflective they were about their behavior and their actions and where they were wrong and and what they were really doing to correct or fix or adjust or you know owning up to their own tra- um you know trials and um you know traumatic experiences and things that have gone on in their life like you know what i'm saying you know like when people just own their stuff and how they contributed to something and you just feel like damn i could really trust this person right to just be honest with me about like what role they played in creating a, a blow up right when you see someone like that or you experience someone like that you can't help but actually really love them and really care about them because you're clear that they're not in it to hurt you to harm you to do anything against you and so you definitely fall a little bit more in love but the opposite if it's not the case and you realize that this person doesn't you know put you at ease or vice versa or collaboratively you're not putting each other at ease about all the particulars and everything that surrounded that first fight and who said what and why and how like there's no ownership there's no collaborative arrangement or agreement about like okay here's what we both wrong and each both went wrong and each person takes ownership of what they did or didn't do if that doesn't happen you don't have love there and or what you'll have is something that resembles it but it'll never really quite be anchored the way that you want it to be and it'll be just an unresolved experience and you'll do your best to try to like, you know, smooth it over. And hey, we've been together for 13 years or however long. But that first fight and the debris from it still going to be there. Right? So that being said, what's the antidote to this? How do we how do we recover? Well, listen, as an entrepreneur, you've got some decisions to make. Right? Always have decisions to make. And... Now that you know what you know and have heard what you've heard, you get to decide. And vice versa, even if you're if you're not the entrepreneur in the relationship, you really get to decide, you know, based on how this uh, fight goes, this, you know, disagreement, this blow up, whatever you want to call it, based on how this goes, if it really works, if it really works for you and or will work for you. And I think we more for the most part, we know the answer. It's just a matter of like, um, managing the dissolution in a way that's healthy for everybody, you know? And so um, in another podcast, I believe I owe you sort of like a, a, a guide on how to show up in those discordant situations, those situations where you just are at odds or butt heads or whatever it is, right? Because some people I feel like they just have they just haven't seen or heard an example of how it can be addressed and how it can be handled. And I and I and I owe you that. Okay. But for the most part, rather than being stuck or stiff inside of a situation that you will sometimes, you know, regret years later because you just, you know, had the opportunity from the first few months together. Uh, you know, to avoid that situation, this love at first fight principle can help you tremendously, right? Sometimes it takes, you know, a week, or two weeks, or however, of dating and getting to know someone before the fight happens, or whenever it happens, but whenever it comes up, there's always got, there's always that first fight, 
And when that happens, if you follow these principles, I think it can save you a lot of time and energy and heartache. Okay? So that's my guidance on the subject matter. And if it's on your mind, I wanted to add as well, you know, in the first segment of this, talked about dating and and I didn't necessarily distinguish, you know, sort of lusting. I, I distinguish between lusting and dating. And then there's like dating when you're, you know, in a committed relationship and you're, you know, and, and you're really genuinely looking for partnering, partnering up. And so in those cases, that's kind of like your long-term relationships, right? And those are usually the ones, of course, that really lead to these situations where the entrepreneur can experience that setback of three to five to seven years, right? Because they didn't follow this principle of love at first sight or love at first bite. <laughs> I can't <laughs> love at first fight. Sorry about that, right? They didn't follow that principle. But now you know, you can spread the message and spread the word. So share this with someone. There's a third piece of this that's also very delicious to consider, which is. You know, I call this, you know, love at first fight, dating and entrepreneurship. Um, but I also mentioned that there's an afterlife part. And that actually is really rich. And I want you to stick around for that too. So if you've loved this, if you've appreciated this perspective that I just shared with you, definitely share this podcast with someone. Uh, definitely reach back out to me leave, you know, and leave a message or a comment to share with me what you got out of it, um, what it did for you, what insights you got. Because, man, your feedback is everything. And your feedback, like, not only helps me, but it, it helps me help other people, right? Um, so that being said, thank you for listening. If you need um, assistance, guidance, and support with some of these topics and subject matters, I'll leave you the links below to resources that you can use. Um to move things forward in your life. Um, the relationship area is an area that I'm definitely developing content on because it's such a contentious contentious and misunderstood area. But I believe there's some things that I can share that can shed some light and help some people uh, tremendously. So that being said, thank you guys for listening and I'll talk to you guys soon. This is The Grind Scheme with Bui Madhu. All right, talk to you guys soon, peace. All right, guys, again, thank you so much for listening to the Grind Scheme of Things podcast. So uh, in the description section, there are link, there's a link that will lead you to resources, free resources that you can use to support yourself in your entrepreneurial journey. Um, and specifically, there's an upcoming workshop that you are invited to participate in. Uh, space is limited. And these workshops, I get a chance to really just address everything from relationships to balancing work and entrepreneurship to digital marketing and how to set things up correctly and not lose your mind. Um, we cover a lot of ground there. So that is a workshop you don't want to miss. We want to make sure you grab a seat, grab a ticket for that. It's free, it's online, and um, it's usually on Sundays at the time of this recording. So I'd love to see you there. Make sure you take advantage of that um, as well as the other resources, but that's a primary one that you don't want to uh, overlook. Okay, make sure you participate in an upcoming workshop. And I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thank you.